The Secret Church Podcast is a resource from Radical.net. For the Secret Church 14 study guide and other resources that go along with this audio, visit Radical.net slash SC14. This is Secret Church 14, Episode 10. All that leading to the cross and resting as we think about sleep. Uh, so why, think about it. Why did God design us to need sleep? Like we sleep for about a third of our lives. Spent like we're dead people. Like God didn't have to create us like this. We were made in his image. He doesn't sleep. So why did he imagine sleep for us? He could have made us in a way that we didn't have to sleep. Think of what we could do. We could all have two jobs. We could have non-ministry jobs and ministry jobs. And we could be spreading the gospel all over the world, right? Why do we have to sleep? Why, why do you have a longing right now to go to sleep? I love how John Piper sums this up. He says, sleep is a daily reminder from God that we're not God. Once a day, God sends us to bed like patients with a sickness. The sickness is a chronic tendency to think that we're in control and our work is indispensable. To cure us of this disease, God turns us into helpless sacks of sand once a day. How humiliating to the self-made corporate executive that he has to give up all control and become as limp as a suckling infant every day. Oh, it's great. So why? Well, think about sleep in Scripture. Rest in the Old Testament. We know God rested after he created six days, then he rested on the seventh day. And then God commanded rest for his people every seventh day. So he rested, then he commanded them to rest. And on that seventh day, they'd cease from self-sufficiency, trust in divine grace to provide for all they need. Further, God commanded rest for the land every seventh year. So there was a Sabbath year when the land would have rest. And then God promised rest in the land according to his people's obedience. When he was leading his people to the promised land, he said this is going to be a place of rest, specifically in that land. And in that land, God provided rest from their enemies according to his people's righteousness. Summed up in Joshua eleven twenty three, took the whole land and they had rest from war. They had rest from their enemies. So that was rest in the Old Testament in 60 seconds. Then we see rest in the New Testament. First and foremost, Christ invites us to experience his Sabbath rest. Come to me, all who are wear labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Much like God designed the Sabbath rest in the Old Testament, we come to Christ for Sabbath rest to cease from self-sufficiency and to trust in divine grace. Jesus gives us the rest that jo- Joshua, Moses couldn't provide. Hebrews 4 talks about that. This is a cross and resting. We rest in the obedience of Christ. We rest in the righteousness of Christ. Augustine said, you made us for yourself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless till they find their rest in you. Spurgeon wrote, don't tell me there's no rest for us till we get to heaven. We who believed in Jesus enter into rest even now. Why would we not do so? Our salvation is complete. The robe of righteousness which are, we're clad is finished. The atonement for our sins is fully made. We're reconciled to God, beloved by the Father, persevered, preserved by his grace and supplied by his providence with all that we need. We carry all our burdens to him and leave them at his feet. We spend our lives in his service and we find his ways to be ways of pleasantness and his paths to be paths of peace. Oh yes, we found rest unto our souls. I recollect the first day I ever rested in Christ and I did rest that day. And so will all of you who trust in Jesus as I trusted in him. Now, with that said, the church degree disagrees, meaning Bible-believing, gospel-embracing Christians disagree on whether the old covenant command to observe a Sabbath rest one day every week is binding for new covenant Christians. In other words, are we to rest on one day in the same way that old covenant Israel was commanded to rest? And I want to be clear, this is not one of those issues we need to divide over in the church. This doesn't separate Christians from non-Christians or Bible-believing Christians from Bible-denying Christians as if there were any such thing. That doesn't exist. So, uh, to sum this up, uh, some say yes and others say no. 
<laughs> it's revolutionary for you, wasn't it? Uh, and the verse is there. I don't have time to go into all the arguments, but there's verses there for both. The, some would say yes, say yes, we should, or one day a week we should rest just like they did in the Old Testament. Others say no, say, well, no, the New Testament doesn't ever command. Uh, Christians to observe the Sabbath day like they did in the Old Testament. In Christ, we've entered into a Sabbath rest. So every day is a day of rest in that sense. Now, even among those who think the Old Covenant still applies, the Old Covenant command still applies today, there's more debate on which day of the week the Sabbath should be observed. Saturday, Sunday, any day. And then some, even there, okay, Saturday people, Sunday people, or any day people disagree on what is permissible to do on that Sabbath day. What level of work can you do on the Sabbath? And what level of recreation is permissible on the Sabbath? So there, there I don't know how many com- potential positions that makes, but that makes a lot of different positions. Regardless, what I want us to see is the church agrees on two main things. One, we all celebrate blood-bought rest at the start of every week. Now, I, I even use the word start here based on Acts 27 on the first day of the week when the pattern we see in the New Testament church would gather. But I'm, I'm not saying that it has to be Sunday even necessarily. We've got brothers and sisters who are in Muslim context who oftentimes gather together for worship at the start of the week to celebrate Christ. And they do that on, on Friday in different contexts. So, so I'm not trying to be uh, even legalistic ab- about that right there. But we set aside, we do as followers of Christ, we set aside a day to celebrate together the rest we found in Christ. And then all Bible-believing Christians agree that we prioritize God-glorifying rest over the course of every week. So even those who would say the old covenant command is not binding on New Testament Christians still don't think, okay, then that means I, I just need to work seven days a week and all day long and never rest. Because that clearly doesn't square with Scripture. So that leads us to think about how does Scripture cause us to look at rest in our lives today? God has designed us to rest in many ways according to His Word. He's called us to rest, designed us to rest from physical labor. So even if the Old Testament command is not still binding in the same way it was then, we still have God's own pattern of working six days and then resting. So he rested from physical labor. So we, we have this pattern in God himself. We're created in his image. Now, rest from physical labor should not be excessive. Scripture explicitly warns against laziness in places like Proverbs 6 and Proverbs 24. And then it shouldn't be excessive. At the same time, rest from physical labor is definitely essential. So we need to rest from physical labor at some point, in some way. We also rest from fear, worry, and anxiety. Restlessness shows a lack of faith in God. Rest itself is a sign of trust. Psalm 37 is the command, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not be anxious about anything. The Bible means anything, nothing. We must, in a sense, work to rest like this. Rest in the Lord, Spurgeon said, what, where, when, why, how? This is the most divine precept and requires much grace to carry it out, to hush the spirit, to be silent before the Lord, to wait in holy patience, the time for clearing up the difficulties of providence. That is what every gracious heart should aim at. This is only possible in Christ. So see the cross of Christ and rest in your life and rest in Christ even amidst trial and trouble. Psalm 116, in the middle of storms raging around us, God's designed us to rest in Him. So God's designed us to rest in many ways, and God's designed our rest for many purposes. Think of all that rest does by God's good design. Rest refreshes us. The Bible says in Genesis 31 that God rested and was refreshed. Jesus and His disciples are the same in Mark 6. Second, rest restores us. Psalm 23, He makes me lie down in green pastures. It leads me by the side still waters. He restores my soul. And then rest reminds us that sleep is a gift. Sleep is a gift from a gracious God to us. Psalm 127 says he gives to his beloved sleep. It's a gift. 
that reminds us that our sustenance comes from God. I lay down and slept. I woke again for the Lord sustained me. Sleep is a daily reminder from God that we're not God. We're not God. And this is a reminder we need every single day. And as a result, we can rest with trust in his ultimate sovereignty. When you lay down to go to sleep, you put yourself in a very vulnerable position. You're losing control in a sense, not just your body, but your mind. And you're quite literally resting in God. Piper put it this way. Sleep is a parable that God is God and we're mere men. God handles the world quite nicely while a hemisphere sleeps. Sleep is like a broken record that comes around with the same message every day. Man's not sovereign. Man's not sovereign. Man's not sovereign. Don't let the lesson be lost on you. God wants to be trusted as a great worker who never tires and never sleeps. He's not nearly so impressed with our late nights and early mornings as he is with the peaceful trust that casts all anxieties on him and sleeps. Oh, you're wanting to lie down in your bed right now. And listen to this. We rest with hope in his ultimate salvation. So the Bible uses sleep as a metaphor for death for a reason. So one day your body and your mind will stop and rest for good on the earth. It could be tonight. It could be tomorrow. And for some, that's overwhelmingly frightening unless we've come to the point where we're resting with hope in his ultimate salvation. Jesus said in Revelation 22:20, he who testifies to these things says, surely I'm coming soon. And so we respond, we respond, amen, come Lord Jesus. Look at this hymn that Charles Wesley wrote. He said, Lord, I believe a rest remains to all thy people known, a rest where pure enjoyment reigns and thou art loved alone, a rest where all our soul's desire is fixed on on things above, where fear and sin and grief expire, cast out by perfect love. So he's looking forward to eternal rest, but then he comes back to the everyday and he says, oh, that I now the rest might know, believe and enter in. Now, Savior, now the power bestow and let me cease from sin. Remove this hardness from my heart, this unbelief remove. To me, the rest of faith impart the Sabbath of thy love. Oh, because of the cross of Christ by which he saves us from our sin, fills us with his spirit. There is rest for us to experience on this earth every moment of every day, a rest that will last for all of eternity. We need the grace of God to flow out toward us. And it's that which we live on, his streams of mercy that just keep coming and coming and coming. And we're prone to wander every day, but he's constraining us by his grace every day. And in the end, we're looking forward to eternal rest with you. And so um, this is how we'll close. So thanks for being a part of this time. May God give us grace to apply the cross to every single detail of our lives and to proclaim the cross in every single day of our lives. Thank you for listening. You can find more episodes from Secret Church and thousands of other free resources at Radical.net.